All right, cool. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Sample Hour. I am excited to have this guest on today. So he's been, um, he was kind enough to have me and Scott Hebert on his podcast, Small Scale Life. He's a big supporter of the show. He gives gives my show and me a lot of love on the interwebs, on Facebook and Twitter. It's all the love. Uh, it's all the love. It's all the love. He's got a very good podcast. Go to Thanks. his go to his website. Check it out. It's smallscalelife.com. Mr. Tom Demores. Did I say or is it Domres? Domres. Yeah, I've been man. Saying Demores the whole time. In my head. that's all right. Tom Domres. The Domres. Yeah, it's that, me. As soon as I said that, Tom, I was like, wait, that's not his fucking name. There's no O <laughs> after nope. the M. Domres. Nope. Yeah, Domrus, man. It's all right. It's all good. You got smallscalelife.com, and that's where we start. So yeah, thank, yeah. thanks for having me on, man. We're, I really appreciate we're it. We're friends. And yeah, I, absolutely. And I even have your name in my phone, and I don't know how to say your last name, so I feel that's like a right. jerk. Tom <laughs> Domrus here, everybody. So <laughs> we talked about this before. I mean, yeah. um, you know, I've been wanting to get you on. And, yeah. Because uh, I, th- I think you have an interesting story, man. I, you do a great yeah. job on your podcast. I know Scott, um, Scott and I always just said, like, I mean, we try to we try to give you a good plug. Um, yeah, I appreciate on show. that. I really do. Yeah, yeah, man, not a problem. I appreciate the plug you gave me. And I oh, like yeah. It. So, but anyways, what yeah. I want I wanted to have you on today so people can know more about Tom. Sure. Um. So you know, kind of take me through where you kind of got started because you're you're a little bit older than me. Yep. Um, and uh, and and I think. You know, now you're really you're doing really cool stuff with small scale life, and we can get into yeah. like your your cool vertical gardening thing, which that kind yeah. of blows my mind because I'm not I'm not really a homesteader, which is or a small. It's it's kind of weird when I think about a garden. I don't think of anything except for how could I turn my whole yard into mm-hmm. into grow crops. Um, I don't think about okay, how could I how could I do this vertical gardening like you're doing or anything like that. But yeah, you know, before you're doing that, um, sure. kind of give us a background of you know how your 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 path in life has led you to where you are now. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a great place to start. I mean, I'm a boy. I've had an interesting uh, road to get here. Um, I never thought I would be doing blogging and podcasting and all that stuff. When I, um, you know, I was a football captain and all that stuff back in high school, and I'm not going to try to sound like Bill Clinton and go through that whole thing, but um, I, I wanted to get into railroading. I always wanted to be a railroader, and um, I went to school, played football my first year, got injured, and then decided, okay, I got to get serious, and, and went to engineering school. So I'm actually a civil engineer. I'm a, prof- I'm a professional engineer. Go figure. And um, so you build roads and bridges. Roads and bridges. I build the targets, you know that that the uh, bombers hit. But yeah, <laughs> I I was always interested in railroads, and I did get into the roadside. And so, because railroading is um, really kind of a a niche. Uh, it's kind of small scale. It's a niche world. I mean, not a lot of people do it. And. Um, Went and got my engineering degree from the University of Minnesota, and uh, I could have worked for a railroad in a temporary gig, but I went to Florida, and um, you know, I, I got married young, and uh, we had a, uh, our, our oldest son pretty young, 
So we were, I was doing the consulting thing. I was working as a consultant, and all through my late 20s, 30s, I was a consultant. I was worked in Florida. I worked in Minnesota. That's where we're from is Minnesota. And uh, I ended up down in Illinois. I was running a branch office for a consulting firm, and I was serving the railroads. I was doing – I've done a project. If you draw a line from Indiana – well, actually – a little bit into Ohio. If you draw a line from Ohio all the way down to the Gulf, I've done projects in state, every state in the West except Montana, and uh, managed them or or ran them. I did them myself, and um, you know that's a high pressure world, and it's it was a lot of hours sitting at a desk managing people. I was managing people in, in Orange County, California, and in Twin in Minneapolis, and also in Chicago. And, you know, that's right about the time the housing crunch was starting to go up, uh, starting to happen and heat up. And here I'm in this house in Illinois. Um, I've got two kids. I've got a, a, my wife, of course, and, and um, you know, a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. And, and I laugh because, you know, if you listen to Jack Spurko on the Survival Podcast and he talks about his days in the consulting world or sales world, that was my life too, you know. And I I remember the, Julie, my wife, was reading story, the, the Little House on the Prairie stories to my kids, you know, and it's like, man, we don't know how to do a lot of that stuff. Could we survive if things went really bad? Because, you know, the pressure, we could see it in the civil engineering world. I had a client call me up and say, you know, I got to keep my people employed and you're kind of like the computer on my, uh, on my desk. You're kind of a tool and we're not using you anymore. And this was my number one client with all of my, all my billable hours, my team's billable hours were, billable hours were on that client. And suddenly I had to start laying people off and, and I was on the chopping block, you know, and could we survive if my income went away? How would we survive our mortgage down there? It was expensive, you know, I mean, taxes and the, and the mortgage were just ridiculous and it was a lot of stress, you know, and, uh, you know, you're watching the, in Illinois, you know, it's a crazy state, you know, and we were in the fastest yeah, growing. Um, all their education systems are going bankrupt. Like that. Oh yeah. Out. The whole state's going bankrupt, you know, because the pension plans and the, just the corruption and the mess there, it's a mess. And we were in the fastest growing, uh, county in the, in the U S at one point, uh, Kendall County. And, Man, all these developments, the, the crash happened, boom, they were all done. And we had Caterpillar. And if you've watched Caterpillar over the years, you know, I know Zero Hedge posts their earnings because as Caterpillar goes, so does the economy. And they laid off people. It was bad. It was really bad. And, um, you know, I would come home from work and I would, you know, just go like Jack did, go out and water the garden. And, and I wasn't gardening at that point, you know, uh, but our neighbor across the street, she, was, she, she couldn't eat all the produce she was, she was growing. And she was so excited about it. I was like, what are you doing over there? I didn't have a garden. It was just a big lawn, you know. And she, she said, oh, square foot gardening by Mel Bartholomew. You know, I'm doing this and I've got so much food. I don't know what to do with it all. And here, here's some tomatoes and some zucchini and some squash and all this stuff. And Julian and I, you know, I was listening to her read Little House in the Prairie saying, well, my gosh, you know, we don't know how to do any of this stuff. And I don't want to churn butter, but I can grow some of my own stuff, you know. And, and then this neighbor's like, oh, my gosh, I have so much food. I don't know what to do with it all. I was like, what are you doing over there? And, he, and she gave us the book and we both read it. And we was like, yeah, let's try this. So it was about 2008. We started to, uh, I built a couple four by four 
uh, beds in the back, and um, it worked really well. We got tomatoes and basil and thyme and rosemary. I still have a bag of rosemary. Some people thought it was like some weird drugs or something but um you know we we <laughs> we had all this produce you know when i started doing it and i was the one taking care of it you know and uh, i was back there watering and weeding and just taking care of stuff and then uh, after that year i built another bed and i had done some container stuff before that but nothing did nothing was any good you know but once i had the right soil and i had these little beds and i didn't have weed problems and I built another bed, and I had tons of tomatoes in there and uh, cucumbers and stuff. And it was, it was really good. And it was like, man, this is great, you know. And that's kind of how I started gardening. And, you know, my, I, backing up, um, my grandparents had gardens. Both sets of grandparents had gardens. And my parents always had a garden. But, you know, their garden was this big, large plot, like, Everybody used to have, and they rototilled it up, and it looked great for the first week, and they planted everything, and then it would just get to be a big weed bed, and then I would have to go out as, almost as a punishment and weed that damn thing. There were no tarps, there was no, you know, there were no, yeah, what, no flame weeders, none of that. You know, yeah. it was just weed city, and it was sucked. My, I uh, hated it. I hated it to real the core. quick to not steal the attention from yeah. you, but when I was growing up, my mom would send me out to the garden to weed. Yeah, and I hated it because it yeah. was her thing, and it yep. was like she never had it, so there was rows that I could walk in between mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like it was never designed ergonomically, so it's just a pain in the ass. So I just started pulling everything out because I didn't know what it was because <laughs> she wasn't there to tell me. And you get yelled at. <laughs> yeah, well, she wasn't there to tell me what it was, so I, I just yeah. pulled out everything, and then she stopped asking me to weed. But it's like. Yeah. Well, if you're not going to show me what to do, then I'm just going to do this. She did show me a couple times, of all fairness. I yeah. think I was just mainly annoyed. So I was like, I yep. don't want to do this. Don't force me to do it and not be there with me every time. Right. Um, so, but I was also a little bastard. So, yeah. anyways, not so for you, <laughs> yeah, the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. And, um, you know, I hear the stories now in my grandparents' Polish descent, you know, and, and on both sides, and they were great gardeners you know and this is how they they filled up their pantry every year you know and especially you know my on my mom's side my grandpa was uh he was a machinist and he also worked in the insurance business and he was doing that he had a heart attack and and he he and my grandma decided they needed to cut out the high stress and they bought a little resort in central wisconsin contractor deed i don't know how they scraped the money but they did it and they ran that resort until the day, almost the day my grandma died, you know, and she was 93 years old. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, they didn't have a ton of money when they started and they didn't make a ton of money, but they had a really good life. They, they were snowbirds. They ran this resort in the summer and they went down to Florida in the winter, you know, and here I am, the high buck consultants, you know, doing all the stuff for the, uh, uh, for the railroads and making a good living. I mean, I, you know. I had a nice six figure income and, and it was it but it was high stress, you know? Yeah. It's high stress having to lay people off and, and you know, have my boss fly in, the HR guy, VP fly in and we, we do it on a Friday and we like clear out the office, they all go to lunch, and then we find that one person and pull them in and fire them. I mean, it, ugh, it was terrible, you know, it was really hard. And uh you know, it seems like every time I've gone for these 
prestigious positions, you know, uh, whether it was going to a, a pretty good private school to play football or go to these consulting firms that are the, the premier consulting firms. And, and even the last project I was on, a, a $2 billion light rail project, I mean, there's a lot of stress that comes with that, you know. It's yeah. a lot of hours. It's a lot of stress. And, and, you know, when the economy starts to go south, then you're starting to go, oh, boy, you know, here we go again. And who am I going to have to fire? And maybe I'll get fired. You know, it just, it's a lot of stress. And so through a long journey of different firms and doing different things, going through different cycles, there was just a point where it was like, you know, it's, I don't need all that. I just need to do, I do need to do my thing, you know, something that I'm really good at and that I like, and then I'm going to start this other thing on the side, you know, and, and start writing about stuff. Cause I'm a good writer. I'm a weird engineer, you know, I'm an engineer, but I'm not an engineer. You know, yeah. I shouldn't have never, I should never have been an engineer. <laughs> I should have been something else, but you know, cause I like to talk and I like to write and most engineers don't like to write and can't put two words together in a sentence, you know, cause they are too busy calculating. So, um, you know, that's just kind of how things developed, you know? And, uh, I think, I think I got a little bit of my dad in me. My dad, you know, he was a professional football player. He played for the Oilers and the Broncos. That's pretty and crazy. then, yeah. And then he blew up his knee, you know, cause they didn't have what we have today for, for, you know, uh, physical therapy and all that stuff. And, and so he's in central Wisconsin. He's like, you know, he comes home one day and he says, you know what? we're going to buy a farm and we're going to be farmers. And he had a little 120 acre farm and, and I've got a little uh, piece of land that's close to where that old farm was, but he was starting a farm and he didn't know what he was doing, but um, you know, he was doing it until he got sick and then, and then they had to sell it. But um, yeah, I think I got those genes in me and that's kind of how I started to go into this, this small scale gardening thing and small scale life thing, you know? Um, my first blogging experience was small scale gardening, and I started that in 2014. And it, you know, we moved back up from Illinois. I took this job um, building, designing uh, a two billion dollar light rail project, and uh, here in the Twin Cities, new light rail line, new rail, everything, new route, new rail, everything. And uh, we're renting in this house where I'm at right now, where I'm recording, and uh, we're renters. And there was this wild area in the back, and. Um, you know, I just decided to clear that out and I would put the garden back there. And that's what I kind of did. And then I thought, you know, my dad passed away in 1999 and I didn't have a chance to talk to him about, you know, gardens or any of that stuff, you know, and because I wasn't interested. But I've got two boys. They're growing up. They're not interested in what I do. I think they think I'm cooking up some weird stuff in the backyard when I can and I'm growing weird stuff in the back that they don't know what I'm doing, but someday they might. They might get interested, you know? And so if I can document that in small-scale gardening, they'll know what their crazy dad was doing in the backyard. I'm not cooking up meth like Walter White. I'm just canning, you know, or I'm, you know, I'm making uh, salsa. I'm doing this kind of stuff, you know? So that's why I started to, uh, to write at small-scale gardening. And then... And then um, so I mean, and then, you, and then 2015 happened. <laughs> we'll get into that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I mean, so you when did, so you started canning and you started uh, yeah gardening and and everything like that to just kind of redo that. So yeah. So then, so what? So what happened in 
2015. So you said, and then 2015 happened. So what happened then? Well, well, yeah, the canning and stuff. You know, when our we had our first gardening, you know, experience, and it was like, oh crap, I've got all these cucumbers. I better make pickles. I got to figure out how to do that. And I wanted to do that. How did anyway. you do that? Did you do like the pressurizer? I just used uh, vinegar <laughs> and dill and. Uh, like wine vinegar and dill pretty much and i did radishes and cucumbers and i was afraid that they wasn't going to be good and then um i just i started eating them like a year later and they're delicious yeah I was, yeah i that's, shocked myself yeah the um what is it the uh ball um canning guy the the blue book i didn't you know? even, I didn't even it, use that i just yeah i just screwed on the the <laughs> mason chart tight and hoped for the best no, I've I've done the water canning. I have not done the pressure canning yet. Um, and I have a dehydrator that I've started using. So yeah, you know, I, that was I just got a dehydrator, man. I got to pick it up. That I've was got it up yeah. auction. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to grow it. I wanted to preserve it. And and then I also got into winemaking. That was something my grandparents did, and it skipped a generation. And it was like, ah, you know, I'm, I come from a line of. Of, of growers, foragers, hunters, fishers, and, and shiners and winers. So, um, you know, I wanted to learn about winemaking and, and do that. And I was doing that. So, uh, but then 2015 happened. So, um, yeah, 2015, that was a rough year. <laughs> so now why would, do you want to get into that or? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, we can get into so that. What, um, so what happened in 2015? Well, um, so I was working on the $2 billion light rail project and I could see that we were coming through, you know, we had a, uh, ridiculously ridiculous, uh, public involvement, public outreach program. And we were, I went to so many public meetings and I was getting beat up by the different neighborhoods in my town in the, in Minneapolis. It was ridiculous and a uh, lot of high pressure stuff because this is the public and you're putting a, you know, 200 trains going 55 miles an hour through one, you know, different neighborhoods, you know, with a new light rail line. And there's pretty angry people, um, talking to legislators, uh, talking to the, uh, federal agents and talking to the railroads. I mean, it was a pretty, there was a lot of, elements to that and so that was cooking along um then uh my son uh my oldest son was in was in the army and he had just gotten back from afghanistan and um he uh they deactivated his unit he was part of the big red one in fort knox kentucky and uh they deactivated that unit and he got kicked out to a fort carson in colorado springs colorado and, uh, you know, being, having a kid overseas is stressful enough. And then moving out to Colorado Springs into a whole new, new unit. I mean, he's a veteran, decorated vet with letters of accommodation. And then he went out to a new unit and then just all of a sudden he went off the grid and it was bad. I mean, we didn't know where he was. We didn't know what was going on. And, uh, um, in, May of 2015, uh, I was really mad because he missed Mother's Day, and I texted one of the guys in his unit, and the guy texted back. I had one phone number, and I texted that guy, and he said, oh, he's AWOL. And I was like, what the hell? So it was life-changing. At that moment, life changed from just, you know, here I am, Mr. Engineer, and and doing traveling basketball with my other son and, you know, doing the gardening stuff to, oh, shit, we got to go find this kid. You know, we got to find out where he is How and what happened. He? Uh, he's he's uh, 21. Okay. Actually, he was 20. He was 20. Turns 21. He turned 21 in J- July of last year. So 
I was on the plane. I was on the ground the next day, you know, in Colorado Springs and, and demanding answers and trying to find them. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was an, it, the story went viral in Chicago. And when Chicago had it, uh, the Twin Cities picked it up. Twin Cities in Chicago had it. Finally went to New York. And it was Veterans Day coming up. And, uh, you know, I was getting interviewed by Fox News. And I was about to be interviewed by the Today Show. But they didn't get the crew out in time or something. I don't know. But it was a national, international. My mom was over in Europe. And she saw a story about my kid. You know, that's how she heard. She was over in freaking Europe, you know. Yeah. And it was a major push, and I was blogging for on the site to find them, and I was taking calls from crazy people, and you know, oh, I'm out in Kentucky, and I saw this kid; he just looked just like him, you know. But you don't know, you know. Fucking and lunatics just calling the yeah, yeah, attention and be a yeah, part of it. Yeah, it's weird. You so I like, had, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, man. I I was just you, you had know, to take just, a drink of wine. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> so okay. I, I totally did. Um, so I'm out in Colorado Springs, staying with friends, and um, it was horrendous. It was a horrendous experience. But there, you know, I just told one of my old colleagues yesterday. I was in, uh, I was in the mall, and if you know me, I hate, sh- I hate shopping. I hate being in a mall. I hate it. But I had a tip that my kid could be there. You know, he was hanging out with some girl at the mall. So, you know, it was weird when I was yeah, listening man. to episode 11. Um, yeah. I thought you were missing like a little kid. And I was like, holy shit. Like Tom, Tom's kid got abducted. No. And no, then, he- and then, and then you, then we talked later on that night and I was like, oh shit, that's a different kind of interesting in terror. Yeah. So it was crazy. I mean, it was nuts. I was getting calls from the media and from people, and and here I am in Colorado. I've never been to Colorado Springs. I don't know where I am, you know. And yeah. and the army was not helpful, not helpful at all. And uh, they were actually trying to cover stuff up. And um, the, the Colorado Springs Police Department was not helpful. They didn't. They only called me back once in that whole time, you know, in the month and a half or two months that we were searching and. Um, it was a miserable experience. I mean, there were some really good volunteers, um, former vets that are vets that were on the ground helping us out. But um, it was crazy. And here I am in a mall, right? Yeah. And I hate shopping. I hate the mall. I'd rather be doing anything but sitting there. But I was sitting in the mall. And I was sitting at this table and I was just watching people go by. You know, and this is a guy, you know, here I was. I would go into the office and I would get there and I would be in meetings from uh, 7.30 in the morning till 6 at night, you know, talking about how to design this light rail line and then doing public outreach at night and stuff. And here I am in this mall, and I'm thinking, you know, I would rather be sitting here in this mall than sitting in the, another damn meeting, you know, because I'm just wasting time in the meeting because we have a, me- a pre-meeting, then we have the meeting, then we have the post-meeting briefing, and then we have a follow-up meeting after that. I mean, we have four meetings to have one meeting. You know, it's, just, so, it's madness. So what's like going through your head when you when you get on TV to talk about this? Is it like maybe somebody will know something, so I'm going to do this, or what? Yeah, it's pretty much pleading. I mean, I was looking for someone to, someone somewhere had information. And, and you know, one of, because we knew that command was, was not, um, 
they told they flat out told all the guys in the unit do not or the whole division the whole brigade not to talk to us not to give us information not to help us you know their position is well we'll pick him up when he's walking down the street or he does something driving a car and he makes an illegal turn or goes through a red light or something and that was their position on it but you know here i am i mean i am looking you know i am going into the tough areas of colorado springs i am going you know i'm there and i'm looking and uh yeah i I was just getting the story out to try to see if some something would pop up somewhere and uh so what what ultimately happened oh um there was a guy in his unit that was also awol they were buddies and the one guy went first and then danny had you know something happened and he left too or he left a few weeks after, but they were together, and we one of our volunteers had found the the guy. We had him arrested, um, and then I had no leads, and I was sitting there and, and came back, and then Julie, my wife, went out, and she, some guy in the unit, um, took took pity on us, really, and had his phone number, because he was using burner phones and cash, and we couldn't find him, you know? And uh, gave us the burner phone, and and she was the one that met him and and uh, finally uh, brought him in. So um, he turned himself in, which was good, and um, he got out of the army. And I was there for a lot of that. And uh, you know, so basically, I was gone from my job for a month and a half. You know, that's and, crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it really was. Because even when I came back, I was there, but I wasn't there, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had stuff going on, right? So um, so really, it was kind of a... After all that, and we finally had him back home, you know, because I was still had small-scale gardening, but I was not posting there about any gardening stuff. I mean, I planted... I think I planted stuff on, like, july 24th i was planning stuff you know <laughs> that's when i that's what i was doing last year um uh, but i had the tomatoes in in june and the 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 pole beans were in too but um and i had a decent year but um it was crazy and um you know after it was all said and done we had them home thank god and you know I was bouncing along and, and, and starting to write for small, small scale gardening. And I was like, you know, there's more to it than that, you know, and gardening is one part of it, but I want to talk about some other stuff too, you know, and, and like mindset and, you know, kind of where we're going. And I, I, I came to the realization, I don't need that big fancy job. You know, I don't need the prestigious gig or the, be the consultant or I, I don't want that. I want, to slow down. I really want to not have all that stuff. You know, I just want to, I want to get, you know, lose some weight. I want to, I want to talk about that. I want to grow stuff. I want to talk about that. I'll probably have a few experiments, which I talk about, um, to have some adventure, you know, and just have a better rounded life. So that's kind of, that's kind of where that all came from is, you know, sitting in that damn mall and just going, man, I, I don't want to sit in another, Nine so, hours of meetings, man. So, and these were meetings to find your son, or these were meetings for the? No, I for my work, I would sit in a lot of meetings because we we're talking about, you know, oh, we're gonna have the track, and it's gonna look like this, and we're gonna put this here and this there, and this building needs to go over there, and the station needs to look like this, and the city wants that, and you know, I mean, just 
a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of effort that goes into a, um, a $2 billion project. Oh, for sure. I can't imagine yeah. not having a lot of effort if somebody's going to put up, if people are putting up $2 billion, two, two, $2 billion, right? Um, yeah, one point seven four, but I say two with so. a B. That's <laughs> with a, lot a B, of money. a lot of money. Yeah, one hundred seventy thousand million. <laughs> Wait, one thousand seven hundred million. Um, so, so you know, during that whole process too, that's when I, um, you know, I had seen Curtis Stone stuff, and I was like, who that? Who's this guy on a bike? Why am I going to listen to that guy? You know, and and I kind of dismissed it right away. And then, I don't know, sometime in the whole process, I was like, ooh, look what he's doing. I kind of like that, you know? And, and same with uh, JM. You know, I saw, ooh, what is that guy doing up there? And, and you know, somewhere in the back of my skull, it was like, you could do that kind of stuff and, and really go small-scale life, right? Um, but my wife tells me that I probably shouldn't do that, but, uh, we'll see. <laughs> That's the next phase. So, so you're thinking about, cause right now you're doing this more as like a yeah. urban homestead, but yeah. you're, you're thinking about maybe changing it to more of a commercial urban business. No, no. The, um, so yeah, I mean, once the dust settled, um, Danny's doing great now. He's doing really good. He's assistant manager at a retail store. You know, life is good. He's going to call, he's going to go to college in the fall. So that whole story ended pretty well. Um, my other son, you know, he's doing great in high school and he's going to finish up. So we're, we're about to be empty nesters cause they're both going to go to college here in the near future. Um, you know, I am what I, I'm a renter, so I don't own the ground that this building's on. I don't own the building either. So everything that I have has been built to be removable, you know, and return it to better than when I found it actually. But everything, the the wicking beds, those are on my driveway. I can pull those up in a heartbeat. Um the the raised beds, it's I can pull those out immediately and just spread out the dirt and we're fine. Um where I wanna go, I mean when the big deal about the kids leaving the house is we're free to go anywhere. I mean we can go anywhere, right? And my current job um, I actually work for the federal government, so I telework How a lot. How dare you? <laughs> right? So I, I telework. I work from my home office. And that in my region is Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, and Michigan. So I can work. So you're going to move can, to northern Michigan? No, 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 no. Not the, my dad was from the UP, but I'm not going to move up there. Dude, I love northern it's Michigan. It's beautiful. It's so, up, it's so yeah. nice. Yeah, my dad's from Gladstone, so you know that's a nice area up there, Escanaba, Gladstone area. That's nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so, but so what you- but I but I, I I think we need to be by the you know my wife has her own small business right now, um, and she's a she's a wedding floral designer, and oh, she's so. doing a yeah, so she's doing a lot of weddings and events. So here you, in the, have in you thought about uh, growing your own flowers? Yeah, yeah. There's an outfit down in Indianapolis, PD Flowers, I think, and they're they're or PD Farms, I think. Um, they're trying to do that, and um, yeah, we we've we've had discussions about that. So I was told that you can make more money selling flower flowers per pound than you can selling weed. That's what somebody told me in the flower business. Like it's it's, really? it's actually pretty lucrative for for flowers, and I'm not like just saying that um, to like. You know, huh? Drew, Drew's talking about weed. I'm really <laughs> saying it like no, like it's like a really viable business. But um, 
it, it yeah. takes up space. I, I haven't looked into it too much, but I know um, I bought a bunch of flower seed at one point in time just to figure it out because I know flower shops will buy flowers from good growers and you oh, yeah. can make pretty good money from that. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think about what we use a lot, what she uses a lot in her, her weddings. It's a lot of um, – um, uh, hello. Can't even think of it right now, but – you know, standard stuff. I mean, um, stuff that's hydrangea, that's used a lot. Uh, ranunculus is expensive, but ladies love it. Roses, of course. Um, a lot of, um, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And you could grow that. You could do it. You could. Um, you're competing with Holland for, like, the tulips. You're competing with California and South America, you know, because they have different growing seasons and they have this stuff fly in. Um, there's some, but there's people like up in Alaska that have hoop houses and stuff in there and greenhouses and they're growing this and they, and we've used them occasionally for, for buying stuff for weddings. So a lot of greens, uh, eucalyptus and, and different greens. Um, I don't know. We'll see where that goes, you know, but the idea now is once the, the boys leave or graduate, then it's time for us to make a move because I've been running for for a few years here and I want to, you know, I want to put down stakes somewhere again and uh, I have a little bit of land to work with and we'll see where it goes. I'd like to have some chickens I'd like or ducks and I'd like to have, you know, I'd like to expand my gardens and see what I, what I can really do, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So kind of like you in, in your last podcast, you were talking about moving up to a, a friend's place and having an acre to play with. Yeah. What if you had an acre? What if you had a couple acres to play with? Well, I think what one acre would do? be <laughs> one acre would be a good start for me. I think yeah, uh, man. I just talked to Eric Schultz about it. I recorded a podcast with him before and yeah. it's hard, dude. I mean it's it's hard right now, not just to have the time with my job and mm-hmm. everything else, but it's also hard. Because it's like really figuring out my space game, getting that rotation down yep. on uh, that small of a plot, and I mean, there's there's a lot of things, and I think like I'm I'm learning a lot, and I'm getting a huge reference point this year, so now I can go back and you know read read Curtis's book and and yep. redo the course, and mm-hmm. and we'll finish the course, but reread jm's book because it's you know when i first read a lot of books i I never gardened i never farmed i didn't know what i was doing i just and then i just started doing it and then you don't i mean you, you maybe retain 10 percent without a yeah. reference point yeah and now that i have a reference point i feel like okay like i know i know what i'm doing now mm-hmm. and um, oh it's absolutely true i mean you learn a lot from from making the errors, right? And and failing forward like you guys Failing thought. forward. Failing yeah. forward. Boom. Well, and that's that's largely from Scott Adams. Scott Adams has yeah. a, has a great blog and uh yep. but um yeah, I uh yeah, I think that's that's the that's the whole thing. And I think that one thing I learned from a lot of things is not to I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like that's easy to do. I think oh, the God. yeah. Like I, I don't, um, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's still figuring things out, but I don't think I, with my work schedule, I can do this part time anymore. Like I really think that I'm going to need to make a move in the, mm-hmm. in next spring. Um, and, and actually, and, and I'll know more, I got to see how this merger shakes out at work sure, and sure. everything like that. But I, I think that's, uh, you know, we'll see what's going on, and I, and, and I don't know. I don't know if you you feel 
I mean, I mean, do do you want to have like time to to do it commercially if you have the land? I mean, I think that's a question you might want to ask. Or are you guys? Are you guys? Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, know. That, that is a question because we've looked at um, bigger properties, you know. And my vision was, hey, let's get like twenty acres, right? And yeah. usually, what comes with like twenty acres in Western Wisconsin is like a hobby farm with a barn and and machine shed and a house and grain bins. And I'm like, after because it sounded good, and we went out and drove it, you know, and went looked at a couple properties, just just drive bys, and it was like. Oh, I'd have to maintain that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm not going to have cows. Uh, so what do you do with that? You know? And, uh, so, and then, and then Jack Spurko did that couple great podcasts in June or May where he talked about, you know, the bug out property and then buying your homestead. And, and those were great podcasts. Cause there was like, he's like, I've got three acres. There's parts of my three acres. I don't ever walk on in a week or two, you know? And it's like, Hmm. Yeah. And I don't want to mow five acres and get on the mower on Friday and get done by Saturday night. I don't want to do that either. You know, I want to have enough where I can have a really good size garden, Okay, do I go commercial? I don't know if I go commercial or not. Or do we do something else where we're doing flowers for that we can use in the weddings? Or and then I've got enough going. Maybe that aggregator stuff that the uh, the poly farm, the poly face guys are doing. You know, where you're, hey, I can grow the tomatoes. Maybe you pull a couple things together. I don't know. There's just opportunity if you have a little space to do it in. You know, absolutely. I mean, I know that I can grow tomatoes. I can grow tomatoes. Till the cows come home. I've got two plants out there that are about seven feet tall, and they're loaded with tomatoes right now. So you and do then, the uh, super cropping like Curtis does? Um, yeah, in my own way. Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, I I'm aggressive on the pruning, and uh, um, I trellis them upwards, just like if they were in a greenhouse. And yeah, I try to get as much fruit as I can on them. I'll cut the tip, the growing tip off this year because last year I got them up to thirteen feet tall, and this year I'm going to try to keep them at seven feet and then just grow baby, you know, get fruit. That's what I want. I don't want tall. I don't want bushy. I want full of fruit, you know? So, yeah. So I know I can do that and I know I can do basil now. Onions I have trouble with, but you know, I'm just, it's kind of the same thing, you know, you're learning as you go. Yeah, for sure. I I wouldn't know. I haven't done tomatoes yet. I haven't Mm. done, um, I've grown, I mean, a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff just grows itself. I mean, yeah. in reality, but like stuff to really kind of super crop and get the most out of. It's it's mm-hmm. trickier. I mean, I had some good zucchini. I had some good ass zucchini last year and uh, cucumbers and cantaloupe. Yeah. Um, but then this year was more commercial, so mm-hmm. I just focused on greens and I. I've yeah, been, you're looking for the quick turn. It's different. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I've been battling flea beetles though. I don't know. Mm. I got to reread Elliot Coleman's book. He talks about how to prevent flea beetles. So I don't. There's a lot of stuff that you know. I just, you know, I'm going to learn. I mean, that's that's pretty much the way to look at it, right? So right. This is about right. you, I, though, Tom. Why are we talking about me right now? I'm well, just, no, yeah. it's all right. I mean, I mean, the um, my wife cautions me because my personality. I'm, um, you know, if you do the Myers Briggs thing, it's the ENFP. I'm like. 
the cheerleader. I'm like, I have the vision, but it, in the, in it, I'm easily, oh man, let's try this and let's try that and let's try this. And then I get 15 diff- different things going. I need to concentrate on the one to get it done, you know? So, um, I really need to, that's going to be the challenge with this land. I mean, you get more land and you want to fill it with stuff and then is anything going to go well, you know, and you start to do commercial and is that going to, you know, how much time am I going to have? Am I going to work this, my federal gig and do that? And, you know, uh, all that stuff. And drew the blog. I mean, the blog and the podcast and all that stuff, that takes time too. You know how that is. Yeah, it's tough. I think it's, um, yeah. it is tough. I think, yeah, I, I think you'll figure it out though, man. I think, yeah. you know, the, the blog and the podcast can help you with, you just have to, you know, function stack it to figure out how is this going to benefit this and and everything else i think it's uh it's it's tricky man uh, it's it's something i'm ba- balancing right now and i'm trying to mm-hmm. figure out is i'm not i'm never going to let go of the podcast though and that's the thing yeah. like it's uh so that's why right now i'm just really focusing on how do i let go of my job as soon as possible like how do right. i how do i get in that position and you know maybe i'll get forced out of it i don't know like i think yeah. in um I don't know. I wouldn't mind it, quite honestly. So, well, and, you know, I know you and Charles talked about Mincom, right? Yeah. You know that kind of. And I know Charles had some pretty strong. You know, he gave somebody a, a min, and that's you know that's all they're ever going to do, and they're not going to self worth and, and strive. You know, and I've heard different people say different things about that, but right now. Um, should say this but um you know the federal gig i do a really good job at it i i love that work and um you know that is that's kind of the the stabilizing income you know well, and now and everything else on the other side that's gonna be the kicker you know to get yeah. us over the hump on things you know yeah i don't have uh i don't have kids though it's different yeah. like i don't have I don't, it's different for me and you like I, yeah we're, i'm an older part of a generation you're a younger part of a generation and i mm-hmm. think um i think that you know the biggest differences are you know i i was sold on the lie that worked for you in the reality like go to job get a good go to go to mm-hmm. job go to school get a good job with benefits was a reality yep. for you yeah. growing up i mean it still was like you know, yeah, go get a degree and get this nice desk office job, good good salary, good good wages, good benefits. You can raise your kids on it, and yep. that's not real for me, man. It's just well, it's it's, not. And it's, I see people I work with go get houses that have families, yep. and they get houses they can't necessarily afford. And yes. it's like, what are you doing? Like, look, yes. don't don't do this. Like, you think you can make it work, and you can't. And um. And and I don't know. I want to make sure I'm not making the same mistake for me. Like when I yeah. quit my job, like yeah. I, I think I could actually make it work though because it's it's based on me versus mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to have bills as minimum as possible. But you know, it's still scary. It's still you know, I was telling Eric like earlier, like I feel like that's something I should do. So I, I don't think you should be hard on yourself if you're like, well. I like this gig. It works. It's it's different. If you can work from home, man, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's easy. I think I think that that caters to you. I I know for a fact I'm going to be out of my house, away from what I want to work on, fifty hours a week minimum. Yeah, and it's more than fifty hours because I, I spend fifty hours a week in between lunch and just forty hours a week at work. 
Yep. And then it's going to be 10 to 20 minute commute time uh, twice a day, five days a week. So, I mean, that's another few hours. So uh, it's, it's, it's different. I, I, I think um, if I could find another gig to get money to, to sell me by until I have the business, I think I, I, I would. But at the same time, I feel like, no, man, like I think you need to, to go full time at this and, and be ready to fail. And, and, and that's pretty much it. Be ready to, to lose your ass. But at the same time, be ready to do well. So it's 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 you know it's it's you know I'm a mixed a mixed mixed about it. Um, yeah. Well, and that's another thing is your debt ratio. You know, if you're not in debt, you can do a lot of stuff for not very much. You know, if you are up to your eyeballs or your neck in debt, it's going to be a killer. You know, because then and that's what we found ourselves in in Illinois, and then what I swore I would never get myself into. Where you need decisions, you are a hamster on the wheel because you owe the bank thirty five hundred dollars a month in mortgage and taxes and blah, blah, you know the insurance and all that stuff you know I mean and, and then utilities and and you just changes the whole you have to do certain things you know I mean it's ridiculous that is was it that much I don't know it was really expensive yeah. 2800 actually and we we didn't have the highest on the block it was crazy it was like 2800 bucks you know and uh plus utilities that you can't do urban farming and get you know 40 50 dollars and 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 make that go with that kind of mortgage payment so you have to be smart about it. you know the minimalist lifestyle not having the debt not having a bunch of car loans you know and and that's big, you know, just to stay on a budget and, and get rid of debt as much as we can. Yeah, I need to stay on a budget personally, man. So so where do you see back to you before I just yeah, go on this uh this bitch fest. So where do you see the evolution of small scale life? I mean, I know mm-hmm. you one thing you, you said you liked about the small scale gardening, um and evolving it into small scale life. Where do you see the evolution of it taking. I mean, yeah, man. the The nice thing with small scale life is you can stay consistent, and um, as long as it fits that thing, I think that's one thing I kind of struggle with the sampler. Like, it's nice because it can be anything I want it to be, right? But then I can't have too many different things. But I don't know. It's weird. Uh, small scale life. Where I'm taking it. Um, it's continuing to do activities, you know, learn, do, and grow is our little tagline. And, you know, to get off the couch and get in the backyard to do some gardening. So gardening is a big piece of it because that's a big piece of my life. Um, gardening and then preserving the hard- harvest, um, you know, through canning and, and that kind of thing. Um, weight loss is another big piece because, you know, we've talked about it before on my podcast is to try to, I've got goals to, to get more fit and also lose some weight that I, that I gained in my thirties, you know, sitting in a a cube or an office, you know, for hours and hours on end. Um, so that's really a big, those are my two pillars right now. And my wife, she wants to get involved, um, in it as well and really tackle kind of the frugal living budgeting piece of it too. And and the budgeting thing I'm trying to get better at because, you know, I just, even though I'm an engineer, sometimes I don't like staring at spreadsheets all the time. So, um, so really, I see those, and then having adventures. You know, going and taking the kayak on a river, or going canoeing or camping or hiking somewhere. I mean, 
I think those pieces there uh, and going and meeting cool people, you know, that's part of it too on the podcasting side. Um, but I, I, I like doing the blogging piece. I really like doing the podcasting piece, you know, meeting different people. I, you know, do having interviews with you and Scott and, and Charles and Brent Haas and some of these other people that, um, it's been really great. And then I've got people that are emailing me saying, Hey, I want to be on the podcast. I want to talk. And, and I was like, well, great. Let's do that then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've, it's, it's kind of like people, I, I, like I told Bren, um, and the podcast is coming out this week here. It's, it's like people collect, you're collecting people, you know, and, I might not have the answer on something, but hey, Drew is doing urban farming Columbus. He might have he he might run into this. What is he using for irrigation? Or Bren, she's out in, in Ohio, central Ohio in rural living and how does she do her podcast in a rural environment where she doesn't have great internet? You know, how do they do that? So, you know, that's one thing I found in consulting is I might not have all the answers, but I know people. I got people that do know the answers, and they can kind of hook you up and everything. So that's why I like the podcasting piece, too. That's definitely going to be a big piece of small-scale life going forward. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Tom, I mean, I guess we could we could wrap it up yeah, um, man. here. So <laughs> With the Skype connection, that's a little gamey. Dude, yeah. It was uh, – <laughs> It was it was getting frustrating there. Um, yeah, but uh, so if people want to follow you, yeah, what's man. what's the best way for people to follow your work? Um, what's mm-hmm. the best way for people to contact you? Definitely um, smallscalelife dot com. That's the flagship blog. Um, but I'm on Instagram under smallscalelife. Um, I do a lot of post just you know, those microbursts, the microbursts. I do a lot of posting on Instagram and it goes right up uh, from Instagram into Twitter. And I got a nice follow, almost like 2,300 followers on Twitter. Uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of nice, right? Yeah. And then um, um, Facebook, I'm a, I've got Small Scale Life on Facebook. You can catch me there. Um, uh, the, the iTunes, Small Scale Life podcast is there. Um, I've got six or seven episodes. I need to upload the uh, the lost versions, right? The the first six that uh, I had on SoundCloud, I need to move them up into iTunes. Um, well, YouTube, I'm there as well. But Small Scale Life, the uh, the blog, smallscalelife.com, that is the home ship. That is the flagship. And that's where you're going to find my articles and, and the podcasts and, and everything else kind of revolves around that. That's where it all lives. So, Well, that's awesome, man. Well, yeah, man. I, yeah, man. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on your show. And I hope you had a good time today. Yeah, I uh, did. Absolutely. Looking forward, everybody. Uh, Tom and I should be doing a nice weight loss podcast soon. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I, I actually kind of want to start. Maybe I would like to start next month, but I don't. Yeah? I don't know. Yeah, well, it's, it's all about you. <laughs> well, it's it's you know managing my time is so yeah, difficult, and even though yep. it's just like let's say even if we just do a half hour a week, it's still a half yeah. hour a week. Like in between no. talking to Scott once a week, trying to mm-hmm. record these podcasts, and then. Yep mastermind group and all this other stuff um it's yeah, uh, that's, that's a whole area that i haven't explored yet but it's it's probably good to have you know some brilliant people that you can lean on a little bit that, that's kind of a cool concept we'll have to talk about that offline <laughs> yeah yeah man for yeah. sure for sure um definitely um, yeah yeah it's uh actually we did a cool uh i think brett did a episode on school sucks podcast and we talked about our mastermind <laughs> group um so it's it's basically just an idea from Napoleon Hill. So we can yep. actually put it in here. Um, 
And it's actually helped me out a lot. I recently, you know, sometimes I don't feel like I contribute and I'm like afraid I'm going to get kicked out of the group. But it's it's just kind of a thing. Like even if I get something out of it every week personally. Yeah, so and I know uh, it was interesting because I know like Curtis and um, all those guys, they all have one. And it's uh, mm-hmm. and it makes sense to do. And Napoleon Hill was pretty smart about that stuff. So, well, it's just getting other opinions and ideas in the mix and maybe something that That's you cr- should see. Yeah. But you're not seeing because you see the the bark and the tree is right up to your face and you should see the big picture behind it. But it's also, you know, creating a mastermind is really what you're yeah. doing because you all kind of get in this group think together but you're all voluntarily a part of it and so one person will say one thing that spurts an idea that spurts an idea though the original guy he's thinking about things differently and he contributes mm-hmm. so it's uh it's it's super beneficial man i mean I, I you know it's uh i can't say enough good things about it yeah well i'm looking forward to the weight loss one. i think that's going to be fun and yeah whenever you're ready we'll do it i might just kind of the build up to it i might just do a little bit on my own to to include cuz i have um i try every monday or tuesday have a you know weight loss update comes out on my blog and what i'm working how i'm going to work out that week and and what i'm eating and all that kind of stuff so i might just kind of tune it up and then when you're in we'll just plug it in and go i think that's great i love it i love it i really do i think it's going to be fun i do too and it's and it's something i need for sure yeah? oh yeah like i you know it's i like I like having an accountability partner, man. I think mm-hmm. like my relationship with Scott has been so beneficial um, for the two of us. Yeah, so. man. Yeah, he kicks your butt a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I need to kick his butt more. Cause there's things he's not doing, but he's, yeah. I don't. He's Well, he's a superstar. You know, you got to give him a little bit of hard time. Well, he needs to collect <laughs> some fucking emails. And that's like, that's the thing. But it's right? it's different. Like, yeah. Our situations are different, and I'm not trying yep. to make excuses, but it's no, just it's it's completely different. And it um, is. uh, but it's I don't I don't you know I, I take what he says. I don't you yep. know that's he's he's right a lot of the time. So oh, I know I'm just giving you a hard time. Oh, I know no, I I like you guys. I like listening to you. I I binged listen to you this uh, today. So oh, that's cool. As I was working for the Merkin people, you know. So people, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I know, isn't it? Yeah. Um. But uh, no, I appreciate being on your podcast, and I'm I'm really glad that you thought I was someone else and reached out to me um, a while ago and got this whole thing rolling. I think it's awesome, and and like I I told you before, I do the crazy stuff like the vertical stuff and everything because I can. You guys go make the money. I'll get there eventually. I'm just yeah. having fun with my uh, little so cool. mad yeah. experiments in the back. So. <laughs> Well, everybody, thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out our affiliate sites. Um, if you're into, if you want Bocking, if you want Bocking 4 and 14 of Comfrey, please go to Nature's Image Farm on Facebook. Click on the image there, the click on the link in the show notes. Send Greg a message and he will ship it anywhere. If you're in the Ohio area, so I think probably Ohio, Michigan, West Virginia, Indiana, um kentucky uh pennsylvania uh if you message greg let him know if you're into craft meats so he has chicken thanksgiving turkey and pig um i bought mm. half a pig and i've bought probably actually got like eight chickens from him i'm jealous because i'd love to do that dude it's, so it's awesome oh. it's awesome man uh also another you know check out newfarmsupply.com grant schultz just got these badass farm bikes so apparently he's got connected with some Swiss Army, um, Swiss Army 
bicycle mechanic or something, but they hmm. rebuild and build these bikes, and you you actually will get twenty percent off anything on his website with wow. code word sample. So awesome. Save twenty percent, and also finally you can save a hundred dollars on the profitable urban farming course by clicking on the link in the show notes. So, guys, thanks for listening. Please support the show and make it a great day. Thanks again, Tom. Thanks, Drew.